The thing that catches my attention uh, this weekend is in our, our opening prayer. So just as a refresher of, of what we prayed for, asking the Lord, just this, this first line, Almighty ever-living God, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us. That those you were pleased to make new and holy baptism may, under your protective care, bear much fruit and come to the joys of life eternal. Constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us. Uh, so if, if you're not sure what, what this word is, Paschal mystery, and we say this um, a lot, we use this term, this, the Paschal uh, mystery, the, the, our Paschal sacrament, we, we say during uh, one of our, some of our prayers uh, during the Eucharist. What, what, is, what does this mean? So the Paschal mystery, um, and maybe, maybe many of us already know this, but it's okay. The Paschal mystery, it, it summarized in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's, that's ultimately what the Paschal mystery is, that, that God sees the human race in a state of death, ultimately, a state of sin, uh, that, that we've, we've broken our relationship with him, uh, and it's irreparable. We, we can't possibly make it whole ever on our own. And so God, out of, out of mercy, sends his son Jesus down. Right? He sends him down to rescue us. And, it's, it, and, and Jesus, right? we know this, he goes about doing miracles, teaching, all kinds of different things, proclaiming new commandments, as we heard in our gospel. Uh, and, and then, right, it, it's, it's, it's amazing enough that he comes down to take on our human nature, but then he goes even further down right, to, to die for us, right? that, that he is killed, uh, but it's not that he's killed. He says, actually, in the gospels, no one takes my life from me. I willingly lay it down. So it seems as though Jesus is a victim, uh, an innocent victim, that, you know, it's like it's too bad that, that he had to be killed. But in fact, he, his perspective is that he's, he's actually participating in the sacrifice, that he is, he is willingly and actively doing something on the cross. And then, of course, he dies, right? And then he rises from the dead, uh, victorious over sin and death. He has conquered death itself so that you and I, who believe in him, and follow his ways, may enter into the same mystery. This is the Paschal mystery, that Jesus Christ comes to earth from heaven, he dies for us, and then he rises from the dead. And now we who believe in him, or those who believe in him, we could say, and follow his ways, we receive, or we enter into that with him. It's not just that we become his followers, but that actually as Christians, our life mission should be to become like him, not just to follow him at a distance or to sort of, sort of observe him from afar and just be like, yes, I support that. But instead, it's, it's not just that I support that because Jesus invites us, and, and we heard this in our gospel, right? This is the new commandment. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another, right? He invites us into his life. So when we, when we pray this prayer at the beginning of Mass, Almighty Ever-Living God, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us, this is what we're asking for is, is, Father, make it happen so that we can live like Jesus, that we can suffer like Jesus, that we can die like Jesus. Because in doing all of those things, in the end, we will rise like Jesus. And that, that, brothers and sisters, as we know, right, like that's, 
That's the goal, right? Is to rise like Jesus and to get as many people as we can to want to rise like Jesus. But our faith teaches that rising like Jesus only comes through the Paschal mystery. This is what we ask the Father to do for us. And so in, in some ways, we got, we got to kind of, we got to like dig our, our minds into this, stink, sink our teeth into it. And this is something that, that can't be explained in, in a 10-minute homily or 15-minute, whatever. You know, like it can't be explained in a, in a single homily. And so in, in many ways, right, maybe, maybe the point uh, of this, and maybe this is the point every time I preach, is, is that like we, we got to be in the Word, especially in the Gospels, right, especially in the life of Jesus. We gotta be in that because, right, if it's our goal, if, it's, if, if, if our rising with Jesus in the end comes through our living like him, then we gotta find out how he lived. And if our rising with him comes through suffering like him, then we gotta read about his suffering and not just read about it, but, but beg him to reveal to us like Jesus. What was that like when you carried the cross? Jesus, what was that like when you were scourged? Jesus, what was it like every time you were misunderstood or persecuted? What was it like, Jesus, when, when these people came to you and they, they tried to mockingly entice you into a debate? What was that like? Right, there's suffering in there. And, and that, brothers and sisters, is suffering that, again, you and I, we want to actually enter into that, even though we don't really want it, right? No one wants suffering. But again, if this is the goal, then we want this. And if our rising with Jesus comes through our dying like him, then of course we got to read and, and pray and be with him in his death. So that as we, as we study these things and read about them, it's not just knowledge that we gain, but it's, it's this new way of life that we take on. And in taking on the new way of life, we realize that the end results of this new way of life is not anything like the old results of the old way of life, which always resulted in, in like a complete lack of glory. And now Jesus comes and he offers us the fullness of glory. It's, it's amazing. And so I, I think we can, still, we can still look at something. So, so this, right, our gospel. When Judas had left them, what's going on? This is during the Last Supper. We know this, that during the Last Supper, Judas leaves early, right? He leaves early to do what? To go and betray Jesus. And so now when Jesus had left them, or excuse me, when Judas had left them, Jesus is aware of everything that's going on. He is he's fully aware of everything that's going on. So he knows that Judas is on his way out the door to go and betray Jesus and ultimately leading to his arresting, his, his suffering, his persecution, his scourging, his mocking, all of these things and ultimately leading to his death. And what's Jesus' response? Now is the Son of Man glorified. Jesus, right, so to, to look at this, right, that Jesus, as I said, is not a passive victim on the cross, but instead he is actively doing something and he sees that in what he's doing, that somehow through that suffering, through that death, there's going to be a greater glory that is going to be revealed about God and about Jesus, that there's something incredible that's about to be revealed. And Jesus knows all of this. Nonetheless, right? Nonetheless, he still has to go through the suffering. 
The suffering is real suffering for him. When he is scourged and his, his skin is ripped and blood pours out of him during the scourging, that is a real suffering. When he is mocked by the soldiers and plated with the crown of thorns, that is a real suffering, a real pain that Jesus experienced. And when, he, when the nails are driven through his hands and through his feet, that is a real pain and a real suffering that he has to endure. And so like all of this is on his mind. And the thing about this that, that I'm just amazed about is actually not what happens uh, in, in this passage, but what happens right after this. So this comes in John chapter 13, towards the end of the chapter. In John chapter 14, Jesus says this, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you also may be. This, this is the thing that catches my attention. Jesus knows that he's about to go through an incredible amount of suffering and pain and anguish. And what does he do? He comforts his followers. It's amazing. Think about that. How many times in our lives, if we know that there's suffering, if there's, if there's pain coming our way, how many times our tendency is to take care of ourselves, is to draw people's attention to us and how, how they should comfort us in our time of suffering. But instead, do you see this? Jesus does the exact opposite. He says, I'm about to go through this, but, but don't worry, you guys. I'm going to take care of you. Can you see, like, this is, this is an entirely new way of looking at life and approaching life, that, that suffering is coming his way, and instead of being, like, turning in on himself, Jesus turns outward, or he remains outward, looking to care for the people around him. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, and this, like, this is something that I think, I think Paul actually does this. So, so again, our reading, there's, the context is everything, right? So, so in our reading, we, we heard about how Paul and Barnabas are going to proclaim the good news to a city that they're in. Right before this, literally, so this is verse 21. In verse 19, it says this, But Jews came there from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the people, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. So I've never seen a stoning, and I hope I never see a stoning, but you can get the image, right? That, that they're throwing stones at him to the point that they think that he's dead. And they drag him out of the city. So imagine if you're Paul, right? They think that you're dead. You know that you're not because, you know, whatever, you're, you're alive. And, and, right, you've just been stoned for preaching the gospel. What's the temptation going to be? The temptation is going to be to, like, just like, okay, I guess I'll just give up on this. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to cause this many problems. Instead, what does Paul do? It says that when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went with Barnabas to Derbe, and then they preached the gospel. And what do they do as they're preaching? It says that they strengthened the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith saying, it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Can you, can you see how Paul is like, this, this Paschal mystery that we're talking about, Paul is like living it, right? He's, he's preaching the gospel. We, he's, he's, 
He's telling people about Jesus. He's persecuted for talking about Jesus and for believing in Jesus. And not just persecuted, but he's like left for dead. They tried, they think that they've killed him. And instead, what, instead of like turning in on himself and drawing attention to himself and calling others to comfort him and care for him, what does he do? He turns outward or he remains outward focused looking to continue to preach, to save souls, looking to continue to encourage other people who are following Jesus to persevere through the sufferings of their lives. Because after all, he knows this, that through the Paschal mystery, which involves suffering, the end result is glory with God. And so he says, it is through the suffering that we can receive glory. This, this brothers and sisters, this, like, this is something that we got to hear because, because here today in 2022 in America, we love comfort and we hate suffering. And this is like, this is a human thing. Humans have always hated suffering and loved comfort. And so like, that, it's not like this is a new thing, but we all, and this is me too, we all need to be encouraged to persevere and that when suffering comes our way in life, to receive it as an invitation from Jesus to enter into the Paschal mystery. Even if that suffering seems like it's completely disconnected from Jesus. This is the beauty, actually, of what Jesus has done for us, is that he has allowed us, whenever we encounter suffering, whether it's connected to him or seemingly unconnected to him, we can connect it by offering it with him. Because when we are baptized... We are baptized into Christ. That means that we become members of his body. That means that we share life with him. So when we suffer, he suffers with us. This is like the beautiful thing. And then, and then like this is it, right? So when we suffer, to not let it be a moment for us to turn in on ourselves, but instead to let it be a moment where with Jesus, with Paul, and with so many of the saints who have gone before us, we actually turn outward and we look to care for others. Why? Because, back to the gospel, this is how Jesus has loved us. A new commandment I give to you. That you should love others as I have loved you. And he says this, challenging sort of thing at the end. This is how all will know that you are my disciples. How are people going to know if we really believe in Jesus? Is if we're caring for them when it feels like we need to be cared for. If we're constantly turned outward, looking to care for the needs of others in, in an incredible spirit of generosity because Jesus is so incredibly generous with us. I think, and this, this isn't to say that like when we're suffering that, that we shouldn't be cared for, that we shouldn't let ourselves be cared for. That's, that's not at all. But the, the point is to have a disposition of being outward focused so that if I find myself in a place of suffering, if someone cares for me, awesome. But if someone doesn't care for me, I don't need to get all grumbly. I don't need to feel bad about myself. I don't need to turn inward. But instead, I can always be focused outward because this is what Jesus is. This is who he is. It's who he invites us to be. 
And so it's no wonder, it's, it, it's no wonder, this is maybe the last thing, right? It's no wonder that we have to ask God to accomplish this in us because this is actually really hard. The cross is incredibly hard. It's so, it's so hard. And so we just like, we gotta beg the Father, not just like today on the fifth Sunday of Easter, but we gotta beg him every day, Father, accomplish this in me because I'm not capable of it. Father, remind me every day that this is the path to glory because I am so prone to forgetfulness. I'm so prone to turning in on myself. And so, Father, I need you to remind me that my path to glory comes through the paschal mystery of Jesus, your son, which is now to be my own paschal mystery with him.